welcome to the Whiskey Sisters podcast. I am Inga Larissa. And I am Jennifer Rose. Together, we will be bringing you a weekly whiskey podcast where we'll be discovering drams, exploring distilleries, talking to industry experts and sharing other whiskey adventures. Not only will we be sticking our noses into our drams, but also into all things new and current in the whiskey universe, with a leading commentary, of course. A warm whiskey sister's welcome. You are listening to our 11th episode. Today, we talk about Nicknean Distillery and chat with Annabelle Thomas. But first, let's stick our noses into the latest whiskey news. Stick your nose in it. So I thought this seems quite perfect for today's episode. Uh, Ardnamakan Distillery is joining forces with two Scottish companies, Woodlands Renewables and Celtic Renewables, to create biofuel. The force behind this cooperation of these three companies is the Scottish investor Donald Houston of Ardnamakan Estates, who has substantial stakes in each of the businesses. He said that since the launch, Sustainability has been a major part of Arnemachen Distillery's overall strategy. Yeah. Looking at new ways to improve their sustainability and this uh, development by Celtic Renewables fits perfectly with the distiller's objectives. Absolutely. Sounds like it. Yeah, exactly. Celtic Renewables needs the byproduct of whiskey distilling called pot ale to assist in its testing process before starting full production of its biochemicals and biofuel. And this pot ale is piped over the hill from the distillery to the neighboring woodland renewables, a local business setup to repurpose the distillery's byproducts while adding value to the local economy. Very cool altogether. And I've not heard the term pot ale before. Had you heard that, the byproduct of whiskey? No, like I know when they always talk about some of the materials from distilling, but yeah, I don't think I've heard pot ale. Yeah, that's definitely a new one. And yeah, so a bit more about that because it is pretty exciting. So their energy all comes from local renewable sources, hydro and biomass, and the co-products which are traditionally produced in all distilleries supplied to their neighbours, so woodland renewables. So from there, they will add value to the local circular economy by providing highly nutritional animal feed to livestock in Ardnamarkin. I love that when you hear about the livestock getting the juicy byproducts from a distillery. I just imagine happy cows. Um, So anyway, they are incredibly excited that they now also deliver um, additional value to Celtic Renewables for conversion into sustainable chemicals and biofuels. So a totally fantastic example um, of collaborative high value and sustainable long-term investment in the Scottish economy. So totally keeping it local and rocking that environmental flag. Mm, yes. Yeah. So we will definitely be talking more about Ardnamarkin in the future. Super exciting because we've not only been sticking our nose into Ardnamarkin news, but we have been there. Yes. <laughs> and we actually, this is some of the stuff that we've been talking about during our visit. So. Yeah. So we'll definitely expand on that some more in a future episode. Watch this space. Annabelle Thomas. 
Okay, so it's such a pleasure to introduce uh, our next podcast guest, the wonderful Annabelle Thomas, who's the founder and the CEO of Nekneen Distillery. So welcome. Yes. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Nekneen is such a young and independent female-led distillery. We have so many things that we would like to ask you because you've been hitting the headlines quite a lot recently. Um, but first, I think it would be a nice way to start if you can just tell us a little bit about your own whiskey journey and how you ended up becoming a founder of your own distillery. Yes, well, it's quite a long journey, but that's, I think, the uh, way it is with whiskey. It's a very, um, it's a very long process. So in my previous life, I used to be a strategy consultant at one of the big consulting firms in London. Um, I was there for eight years and I did lots of, lots of different things, but um, one, I guess, important part of that was I spent some time working for Innocent Drinks, the smoothie company. Um, so that kind of gave me my first glimpse into, I guess, smaller business, but also business that has purpose other than making profit alone. And then, and so alongside that, my parents have a farm on the west coast of Scotland, which is where the distillery is located. And this had given us the idea to, it sort of sparked the idea of whiskey in our minds, I suppose. Yeah. And you can't really be on the west coast of Scotland without thinking about whiskey. So... <laughs> There were lots of small gin distilleries coming up and we thought, well, maybe we could put a whiskey distillery here. And while I was still at Bain, I said to my family that I would, um, I was taking some time off work anyway, because I wanted to do some traveling. And I said, well, why don't I try and write the business plan for this whiskey distillery we keep talking about and doing nothing about. So I embarked on that journey. And as part of that, I took a trip to Islay, really just to do some research, to mm-hmm. see what was going on, to meet some people, etc. And I guess really it was while I was there that everything changed for me personally. It became more of my project than just a family project. Mm-hmm. And I saw, well, two things happen. One is I started to like whiskey, which is obviously fairly fundamental (laughs) and the second is that I heard firsthand a lot of the stories that the other distilleries were telling and they are wonderful stories of tradition and Mm. kind of doing things the way they've always been done but I felt like whilst that's such an important part of the scotch industry Mm -hmm. there was a need and a space for another distillery to do things maybe in a bit more of a forward-looking way and to think more about sustainability and other more modern concerns and that was really where it all started for me but that was in 2012 and it took us until 2020 to get a whiskey on the market so (laughs) it is not a quick process <laughs> absolutely and in a previous episode Annabelle we've explored pronunciation of distillery names with a Gaelic consultant but we would like you to tell us a bit about the beautiful name Nicknean if I'm saying that correctly but it's an abbreviation and I'm not even going to attempt what the abbreviation <laughs> is if you could if you could tell us a little bit about that because it's a really beautiful name yes well my pronunciation of Gaelic words is also not the best so please don't take anything <laughs> I say as possible. Um, the so Nicknean is a shortening of a much longer Gallic word Nishniohain who was an ancient Gallic goddess and we chose her to represent us because she was known as both a protector of nature and that obviously speaks to a lot of the sustainability side of the business that we hold so dear but she was also kind of known for walking her own path and doing things the way she wanted to have them done and it just felt like when we found her that was summed us all up basically absolutely um, but it is very hard to spell I mean Nicknean is hard to produce, <laughs> pronounce but Nishniohain is another thing entirely so <laughs> we tried to condense that word down into something a little bit more manageable that's such an appropriate name though isn't it and whole energy and kind of an ethos you know so in keeping it's really special exactly yeah. 
Did you always wanted to hire more women or did it just kind of happen naturally? It totally happened naturally. It's not even something, um, it was not intentional at all. It's just mm. a combination of, I guess, maybe you get more female applicants in a female-led company, but then I think it becomes a sort of self-fulfilling prophecy as well. Um, yeah. But no, it was not part of the strategy. But I think that's part of the beauty of diversity is that if you have diversity, it encourages more diversity and that's all the point of it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and Nick Neen has been pioneering sustainable production, including whiskey industry first and the use of 100% clear post-consumer recycled glass bottles. So can you share a bit more about the sustainability innovations and achievements? I guess this all started because it was something I felt was really important personally. And I felt that the whiskey industry wasn't talking about it enough or maybe doing enough as I would have wanted to see as a consumer. So when we were setting the distillery up, I tried to look at the really big sustainability issues in making whiskey and to address them. So they were energy. So we use 100% renewable energy at the distillery. Uh, the raw materials, most of which is obviously malted barley. Mm. So we chose to buy 100% organic malted barley. And then water, which distilling uses a lot of in particular for cooling. So once the stills have um, created vapour, you need cold water to cool that vapour back to liquid again. And we have put in a kind of closed loop natural cooling system, which is actually just a fancy way of saying a giant pond to cool the water. <laughs> what we didn't have a solution for at the beginning of our journey, so we started distilling in 2017, was what packaging we would use, which we knew was going to be a big issue um but we didn't yet know what we would do about it and we were very lucky in 20 late 2019 to find this company estal who had just had spent five years bringing to market this 100 percent recycled clear glass bottle which was a first and that has been a ma- amazing partnership for us i feel very lucky timing wise that we found them just before we were releasing yeah. the whiskey and things so and the but then I guess on top of those four big things, there's all sorts of little things that we are constantly working on. Mm-hmm. Cleaning products that we use in the distillery, the waste, all these other things are um, ongoing projects. And whilst we have taken bold steps to address the really important things, I'm always at pains to emphasise that we're not perfect. And there are lots of things that are still ahead of us on our sustainability yeah. journey. Mm-hmm. Um, we're now at net zero carbon emissions for scope one and two, which basically means what else happens at the distillery. But there's, there's still the whole of our supply chain that we need to address. Okay. Yeah, That's how our organic barley is farmed. That is all of the packaging that we use, etc. I guess also keeping the standards year on year the same as you know I'm sure it's a lot of work yeah you've set the bar high for yourself yeah exactly (laughs) so you recently achieved the B Corp certification making you the second distiller in Scotland or in the UK I guess second Scotch distillery Um, there are other distilleries of other products that are already B Corp certified okay congratulations on that I don't imagine that was that was an easy achievement no it took us nearly as long as it did to actually make the whiskey to get B Corp certified which (laughs) gives you a feel for how long it took (laughs) and could you explain a little bit to our listeners Annabelle what you know what that means are we right in thinking it's you know extremely high kind of standards have been required to achieve that yeah exactly so B Corp as a movement is designed to encourage business as a force for good and to encourage businesses to balance planet people profit and purpose rather than I guess traditionally 
if you think about the big corporations of the 70s or 80s, it was all about profit, profit, profit. And there is a growing movement that realises that that is not a sustainable, in the broadest sense of that word, way to do business. So it's a really amazing, albeit also hard and frustrating process. Um, there is what's called an impact assessment, which is basically a giant questionnaire that you go through and you answer questions on. And it covers all sorts of different areas. It covers governance, so how you run your company, whether you have a board, how that board operates. It covers your employees, your team, it covers community, it covers the environment, and it covers your customers. So all of the stakeholders that could possibly be in a business, basically. And it assesses you basically on each of those areas, and you have to reach a certain mark to get certified. And that is a very rigorous and high standard of business as a force for good. The really amazing thing about the process is that it encourages you to put things in place in the business which seem obvious once the impact assessment is kind of suggested to you because they say you know please tell us do you have these things in place and you think mm. well no we don't but we really should do why do we not have it in place. <laughs> so whilst we scored very highly on the environmental side which was all stuff we already had give or take already had in place the major things it's been a really positive process for us in lots of other ways so for example we now do blind screening for our recruitment processes we um uh, we the certain kpis for example that we look at at a board level um we've got supplier screening in place all these little things that are a really positive step and we've done because of the b corp mm. uh, application pro- or certification wow. process so much involved yeah and we started in 2018 we've actually done it twice for reasons i won't bore you with it didn't work out brilliant amazing achievement and Later on in this episode, Annabelle Inca and I, we're going to be sharing some of our Nicknean whiskey tasting notes and share a little bit about our adventure to the distillery on the Morven Peninsula. You've already mentioned what a beautiful area of the country and we'll be spamming our social media with lots of pictures. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and if, if we're correct, the first organic single malt whiskey was released in August 2020 three years after the first run of spirit production and we would love for you to tell us a little bit about your organic single malt uh, whiskey releases. Yeah so exactly we released the first one in August which was three and a half years after we just started producing. I always wanted to create a whiskey that was light and fruity and great in however you wanted to drink it. So one of the other things I felt when starting the distillery was that there was this perception that scotch was not for everybody and I think Mm. that is a great shame. So part of what I want to do is try and break down the barriers about who can drink scotch and how you should drink it. And that has driven quite a lot of the decisions we've made about how we make it. So we've always wanted something light and accessible and delicious. And we always also wanted something that would mix in particular well with soda. Because for me, whiskey and soda is the ultimate yeah. whiskey drink. It's delicious. Yeah. It's so delicious. It's light, refreshing. <laughs> it's not kind of, it's not got the sweetness of a gin and tonic. And it also lets the underlying whiskey shine through, which obviously if you spent three or more years of hard work waiting for it to mature in barrels is important. And ours stands up particularly well to soda because of the organic barley. Um, So that imparts this kind of richness and oiliness to the spirit um, from those grains. So, yeah. That is a little overview of what it is. And there's, can you also tell us a little bit, because I was reading a bit about the release of the Quiet Rebels range, and one's called Annabelle, and I just thought, how cool to have a whiskey named (laughs) after you. So I just (laughs) wanted to ask what that feels like. Um, Yeah, so we have two seasonal releases a year, one in autumn and one in spring. Last autumn, we released the first of our Quiet Rebel series, which I had the privilege of choosing. So the idea of the Quiet Rebel series is 
it it is basically the choice of one of our team each time and I got to go first which I suppose is one of the benefits of running the company. <laughs> um <laughs> So Matt, who's our blender, and I went up to the distillery. We rifled through the warehouse to find some delicious casks in there and put a whiskey together. Together, And the same will happen next autumn. So we're doing it in order of people who joined the company. Um, oh, that's lovely. So the longer you've been at the company, the more likely you are to be featuring on it. Um, <laughs> and it's a really fun process for Matt and the person choosing it, which is, you know, who goes through what kind of whiskey do you really like and then tries to create something out of the stock in the warehouse that will suit that. Um, but we also have our second seasonal release coming up, which will be called Huntress and coming out towards the end of April, which showcases some some of our more uh, experimental liquid. Mm. Sounds exciting. Um, you also have a very long fermentation process compared to many other distilleries. 114 hours, am I right? Exactly. Thinking? Yeah, exactly. Well, we are very passionate about yeast, which is quite a boring thing to be about <laughs> unless you're right in the geeky end of the spectrum. Um, <laughs> But what struck me when I started getting kind of closer to the process of what whiskey is, was that you would, and you think I drink a lot of craft beer and brewers absolutely love yeast, right? It's what creates mm -hmm. all the flavour in their beer. And we are basically making beer and then distilling it. So I was thinking, why are we not thinking more about yeast like a brewer would? Jim Swan, who was, who was our kind of master distiller and designed a lot of the recipe stuff for us, also felt like that. And he... So we use two yeasts for all of our whiskey and long fermentation times as well, because that really allows the flavour mm. to develop over a much mm. longer period. Um, and then we have taken that one step further and we run yeast experiments as well with other yeasts not commonly used for distilling to just create sort of further flavour. Oh, was it something to do with rum? I got a feeling yes. I read something about rum yeast. Yeah, yeah, we've used rum yeast, we've used Chardonnay yeast, Champagne yeast, beer yeasts all sorts yeah <laughs> amazing we love our geeky facts on this podcast <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah actually have you tried the the Ardberg fermentation because that sounds like your cup of tea <laughs> no I haven't but Matt has and he said it was amazing so I'm really looking forward to yeah. trying it at some point amazing with the whiskey away initiative I saw you're relaunching it now after a few years cap so what we kind are. of stuff you're hoping to to achieve with this one and if you want to tell a little bit more for our yeah listeners. exactly so this is our initiative to get a couple of ladies up to the distillery each year to do a week's internship or work experience with us at the distillery and we started it in 2019 uh, on the basis that there is a still a perception mostly outside of the industry that women don't drink whiskey and they don't work in the industry and that's a great shame both for women who might want to work in it but also for the industry as a whole because I think diversity mm. is so important we want to use this week to try and break down barriers but also to give those women the confidence that this is something they could get involved in if they wanted to. We had to take a break in 2020 and 2021 because of COVID um, mm. and travelling up to the distillery just wasn't possible. So we are really excited to have it back again this year. Um, it will be taking place later in the summer. It'll be two women have the chance to come. And what we're hoping is that it doesn't only, we're hoping to somehow get that experience out or into the out more out into the big wide world by getting those women to share their experience and have a bigger impact than just the two women that we can have on site okay. how, how exciting what an opportunity yeah exactly yeah it's a fun week the one we did in 2019 was amazing and we're still in touch with the two interns so oh that's, that's nice. great 
did they did they end up going to work in the industry then afterwards no neither of them have but that's okay i mean i don't think we we can expect a kind of 100 success rate this year we've changed the model a little bit and one of the two women will be a student from heriot watt so okay. they're kind of already slightly more on the track to work okay. in the industry which was one of the things we wanted to kind of evolve after our first year of doing it and at the moment we haven't yet picked the second applicant so watch yeah. the space One of the other areas we've covered on our podcast, Annabelle, is investing in a cask of whiskey. Are we right in thinking that at the moment uh, cask releases are sold out until 2023 and we're not too sure if they're going to be future cask releases? That is the case. Yeah, so for this year, we are completely sold out. Next year, I don't yet know whether we will be releasing more. I'm always interested in the wine casks. (laughs) Yeah, they're interesting wine casks as well because they are what we call str so they've been shaved toasted and recharged so you don't get the kind of normal fruit and tannins that you would get say from a red wine cask but you get um um you still get a lot of fruit but also a lot of spice and a lot of richness from them so yeah Mm. they're great and that's that at the moment they make up about 60 percent of what goes into our whiskey in a bottle okay yeah oh that's nice tasty (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) so it wouldn't be whiskey sisters guest appearance without finding out your dream dram so which famous person dead or alive would you like to raise a glass and what would be in the glass well i studied history at university and i studied a lot of kind of historical race relations stuff all around the world but in particular in africa and someone who i just think is amazing is nelson mandela so i would love to share a dram with him I've no idea if he drinks whiskey but let's hope he does Um, (laughs) and I think I would take Glenmorangie Atlanta which is was a special edition they did probably seven years ago it was really amazing very unusual for them it was 13 years old and matured only in a hundred percent new oak but it was incredible which is also very weird for me because I actually don't normally like kind of new oak barrels impact on whiskey but Something that happened over those 13 years just made it absolutely delicious. And the conversations that could be had over that dram. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Well, Annabelle, on behalf of us both, I would just like to thank you so very much for joining us. You're a busy, dynamic woman, um, and I'm sure we've only... Uh, you know touch the tip of the iceberg today but it's been such a pleasure you know to hear a bit about your pioneering adventures um and yeah really appreciate that and just congratulations for all you've achieved so far thank you very much thank you so much for having me it's been absolutely lovely to chat to you both So we actually visited Nicknean Distillery recently and had a tour around the premises and a little tasting of a few of their whiskies. Um, anything specific that stayed in your mind, Jennifer? Yes, we certainly did. Well, it's a, such a lovely part of the world, isn't it? Up in the west coast of Scotland, mm. quite near to Ardnamurkin and Tobermory Distillery, so over on the west coast. So the setting was stunning and the, the visit itself, it was different to other 
other distillery kind of visits and tours that I'd had before and you could really get the feel for that kind of sustainability ethos you know in the kind of dimensions and and the kind of layout of the place so that certainly sticks in my mind what, what about yourself Inca? Um, so they, they're really trying to do everything right and I love the bottles they're really beautiful definitely definitely um, but when it comes to whiskey if I'm honest I really wanted to like it much more mm-hmm. like I was really hoping that it would just blow my socks off <laughs> but I don't know for me it just fell short considering like there's so many new distilleries out there at the moment like opened around the same time as Nick Neen. yeah there's so a lot of new whiskeys of, yeah lot of new whiskies on the market aren't, yeah. aren't there and they're quite they, they vary the ones I've tried they really vary don't they yeah they do they do but yeah Nick Neen for me it was just I don't know I, maybe it was just the style it was maybe a bit lighter and mm-hmm. bit, you know I felt like it lacked a little bit body sure yeah um, I would agree with that they do want to use it a lot like they um, there's even a highball recipe on the side of yeah. the bottle so and we didn't we didn't try it in that form did we so it would be quite interesting yeah it'd be quite interesting to see how how that flows in a highball we tried a couple quiet rebel was favored by both of us yeah yeah Yeah, that wasn't the the animal rebel that we were just talking about that was the new one so for me on the nose that one was kind of vanilla tones some honey maybe some pine nuts uh, it was quite sweet on the palate. I've kind of jotted down in my tasting notes the kind of finish was kind of short to medium finish. Yeah, uh, but it was a spicier than the classic serve. Like it had to maybe just had a little bit more bite to it, like in a good way. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see how the distillery progresses and their older whiskies fare. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But next time, maybe we'll have to try the highball and definitely assess. Yep, sounds good. Whiskey Sisters, Whiskey Fact. In today's Whiskey Fact, we delve into the story of Sir Nikola Tesla, the man who Elon Musk named his revolutionary car company after. Apparently, Nikola Tesla, he drank whiskey every day because he was convinced it would make him live for 150 long years. Tesla spent his lifetime as an inventor and a designer and made a number of remarkable breakthroughs such as new types of alternating current motors and electrical transmission equipment that were fundamental in the use of electric power. He was fastidious about what he consumed. He was full on veggie, didn't drink tea or coffee, and despite uh, being six foot foot, two inches, so 188 meters, uh, weighed only 142 pounds, so around 64 kilos uh, for his entire adult life. That is pretty slim, isn't it? Yeah, pretty tall and slim, it's quite you know, yeah, <laughs> totally. Maybe I need to go on the Nikola Tesla diet. <laughs> <laughs> so it's said that he survived on two or three hours sleep a night. No way. Two or three hours sleep. That is insane. And drank at least half a bottle of whiskey a day and was said to have remarkably big thumbs. Is this related <laughs> to his diet and whiskey intake? <laughs> Maybe because he was so skinny, it just looked... 
Big chunky thumbs up when he was like doing well with his inventions. <laughs> well, he was in great health his whole life until he was in an accident. Oh, that's so sad. And died a few years later. I guess a slightly disappointed 86 year old because that's falling pretty short of 150 years. Who would want to live that long? I think that's too long personally. But anyway, the accident, he was hit late one night crossing the road by an errant taxi cab. <gasps> Little did he know there'd be cars named after him zooming about. <laughs> Do you think he was on his way to buy whiskey when he got run over? <laughs> Probably. Oh, I wonder if he would have actually lived to 150 then. Yeah, he might have done. Because he's pickled. <laughs> <laughs> Preserved. He was such yeah. a cool cat, though, all about energy and vibration and frequency. Mm. Yeah, but um, I guess medicinal, like whiskey, is kind of a has health benefits, maybe within reason, but. We do not recommend you try this diet. <laughs> yes. No disclaimer. Yeah, this comes with a health warning. Yeah. You've been listening to the Whiskey Sisters podcast. Next week, we will be talking about another distillery we paid a cheeky visit to, Tobermory, where I went to school on the beautiful island of Mull in West Coast, Scotland. Oh, it was amazing. Um, we will be featuring both Tobermory and Lechek Expressions. Um, pour yourself a dram and join us next Wednesday. Yes, and thank you to all of those who have been interacting with us on social media. We love it. Keep those messages coming. So if you want to keep up to date on all things Whiskey Sisters, our Instagram is whiskeysisters.podcast and Twitter at Whiskey Sisters and Facebook at Whiskey Sisters Podcast. Is that us for another week, Inca? That's us. <laughs> Cheerio. 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 <laughs>